You're listening to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast, a show where your hosts, Darian and Ethan, discuss the controversial topics often avoided by the church. They also discuss culture, society, and everyday goofs. And now, Darian and Ethan. That's right. We're here. Hello, everybody. We're back. We are here in a different place. Yes. <laughs> We're in our house. We have our own house now. That we're house sitting at for somebody who will not be named. And thank you for letting us stay at your house. <laughs> they're going to be like, wait, they're both there? <laughs> we're having a good time. Uh, we turned the AC off, so the sound sounds better. Because the last podcast we had it on and it didn't sound great. So we're sorry about that. But it felt a lot better. Yeah, it felt great um, for us particularly. That's really why we're doing it, really. Who cares about anyone listening? <laughs> but we're excited to be back podcasting. We're really excited for this podcast and this topic. Um... Well, let's start off. How are you? How you doing? I just got done yawning. Nice. A good Perfect. yawn's the best. That was great. Um, like right now, I'm doing uh really good, <laughs> uh, really good. <laughs> I had like four and a half hours of sleep, mm-hmm. so I'm tired. You take a nap today? Uh, yes, for nice. ten minutes. Your infamous ten minute naps. Every lunch, almost. Nice. Yep, it's a great thing. Everyone should do it. I don't think I can. I can only do like thirty minute ones. Not true. You said alarm. But the thing is, it takes me long, too long to fall oh, asleep. Okay. That by the time I fall asleep, it's the time's already passed. I have an easier time falling asleep for naps than I do in my bed, to, like when I go to sleep. Interesting. It's weird. Like, oh yeah, I do too. I definitely do too. Okay. There's like some weird pressure that's not there for me. Like <laughs> when I take a nap, we're like, this is easy. I know I'm gonna be up in like 30 minutes. Like I have no pressure right now. I think I look at it as like a duty that has to be accomplished and can't be slacked on. Interesting. So I'll give myself like I'll set an alarm for three minutes. Or thir- 13 minutes, because those first three minutes will be falling asleep. Okay. Because I'll, be, I'll sit there, and I'll be like, I'm going to sleep. Fact. Un, like, <laughs> fact. Un, irrefutable fact, I will be asleep. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap for yeah. 10 minutes. We're doing this. I'm mm-hmm. setting my alarm for 13 minutes, because I need those 13 minutes to drift. Mm-hmm. And then I'll lay completely still, like, not like I do when I sleep. Like, no blankets, mm-hmm. fully clothed. And I'll cross my arms like a like a like a like a pharaoh when he's nice like in Egypt, right? Me too. And then I'll be like, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and then three minutes, I'm done. And now I go to sleep at night, bro. I'm, I'm there for like so long. Like, man, I really wish I was tired right now. Yeah, even when I am tired, it still takes me a long time to fall asleep at night. Yeah, last night I was so tired, didn't sleep till like two a.m. Wow, that's started great. watching. Usually, teachers. it doesn't take me that long to fall asleep, like till two a.m. But sometimes it does. I think it's because I'm sleeping in this new bed at our friend's house that we're house-sitting, mm-hmm. and it ain't like my bed. Weird. Nice. It ain't like my bed at all. Well, bro, like they to... got a king-size bed. How do you sleep on a king-size <laughs> bed, bro? They're married. <laughs> they got... Bro, which... It's a square. Which way do you lay? <laughs> <laughs> it is There's... Very... It's very strange. <laughs> There's no clear rules about this thing. <laughs> and then I feel like I'm not using it, so then I feel bad, like... I should be using this king size. You have to sleep diagonal from one end to the other. So I you woke make up, up the most square space. At one point, I woke up and I actually was like pretty diagonal, that's and great. I was like, "I do it every time." How did this happen? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I love taking it up because your feet you can go straight to the end, and then your arms can stretch out to either side of the bed, and it's like the perfect like. I should try to sleep like that, like a cross. You should try sleep like a T. Yeah, mm. I think your arms will fold in just for blood flow, but <laughs> it might work. Yeah. Wait a minute. Do you want to intro what we're talking about today? Yes. Uh, so, as everyone knows, there's been a lot in the news and the media and the timelines on social medias about like racial reconcili- ra- racial reconciliation, systemic racism, racism in America, the history of it, yep. the effects we see now. And so we're we're going at it. We're yep. this is the things you don't hear in church podcast, and we like to talk about those touchy subjects that kind of get people to perk up and. Kind of be like, what, what are they going to say? Not necessarily that our opinion's like super important, but that like we want to be a voice in the things that aren't necessarily talked about a lot. Absolutely. So we're going to straight into it. It's already been about five minutes, so let's waste no more time. We're going to start with, uh, I think, the Oxford definition of yep. racism. Yep. So we have a clear baseline of what we mean. Because a lot of people will say stuff like, you're racist. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? What do you mean by that? Yeah. Just so we start off and get like a. Um, a broad definition of what racism is um, just to let y'all know like when we start off we don't want to start off with like our opinions or what is racist or what isn't racist and that's like not what we're necessarily here to do we're here to talk about what the bible says about uh, racism we'll talk about our opinions and stuff like that later um, but just to start off with the definition 
Um, the Oxford Dictionary says the definition of racism is prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against a person or people on the basis of their membership of a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is a, min a minority or marginalized. Makes sense? Mm. Pretty, it's pretty long, but I think it makes sense. It's pretty inclusive. Yeah. Usually a marginalized ethnic or racial group, something like that. Yeah. Do you right. want to say that again just so people can like really tune in and be like, okay, what are we going to do? Yeah. So prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against a person or people on the basis of their membership of a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized. Oh, okay. Sounds right pretty on. fair. I agree with that definition. Right on. I think it's pretty good. That's definitely what we're seeing in the world today, right? Yeah. Definitely, well, yeah, definitely like felt racism. You know, like there's like mm -hmm. a, where people have like a hurt and there's like a felt need, a felt hurt mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely seeing, I mean, we live in America. We got like, it's not like an opinion to say that our history is racist. Yeah. You know? Every, almost and, every culture has yeah. a history of racism. And there's going to be like roots in that, you know, that, that have, that, that come in and play with that. So that's yeah, a good definition. I like it. It makes sense. Because a lot of people will say stuff like, I don't know, I'll say something like, I'm trying to think. I don't have an example that comes to my head. But I'll say something that's like a little bit stereotypical. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, well, that's racist. I'm like, well. Yeah. Mistakes, stereotypes for racism. It's not, like stereotypes aren't inherently bad. Yeah. You got really good stereotypes. Sometimes they're racist. Some, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. There's sometimes yeah. where it's like, oh, that's terrible. But some stereotypes are pretty good. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything more because I don't want to offend anyone. But. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, worship pastor stereotypes. Those are pretty great. And they're usually pretty spot on. Oh, worship team Black stereotypes. skinny jeans, beard. Or youth pastor. What are you, what are you saying, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I wish. For, for everybody that's, that's listening, Ethan has a beard and black skinny jeans on right now. Oh, I just hit the I hit, I hit our stand. You said worship, and I was like, bro, I don't even play music. You said, oh, youth pastor, yeah. You play the cone. I play the cone. You better worship. I can hit a box. I can hit a box. It sounds good. <laughs> All right, like, to, uh, to get a little more in depth, let's talk about what racism is in the Bible. Examples of racism right. in the Bible. Examples where Jesus talks about or confronts racism. All those kind of things. So, give me some examples. Yeet. Let's go. Awesome. Um, hit me with some facts. Racism. Is it in the Bible? Yes. It's always bad. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What does the Bible thing. say? Don't do it. <laughs> well, so you got the people like the, the Jews, right? Who were like the Hebrews, God's chosen people. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to be the examples of the world, mm -hmm. of God, or example to the world of God's character, right? Mm -hmm. Ideally, in a perfect world, which we don't live in, God chose his people. And he's like, I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. And you're going to show me to the world mm. right and so then everyone else thought like like humans always get selfish and are basically like yo dope we're literally the best everyone else sucks right and god's like you missed the point yeah but the like god in that mentality that's like a very very fast summary very shallow summary right. of the old testament but like going up catching up from all of human history to the new testament uh jesus comes on the scene and Basically, there's two, there's the Jews, and the Jews, like, kind of have this idea that they are the superior people. Mm -hmm. I would say that's a pretty fair estimate to say. I'm not a Jewish scholar, but I think it's a pretty fair estimate to say. Maybe not every Jew. Not fair that they were the superior race, but they thought that. Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah. not fair that they were the superior yeah, race, yeah. but they thought, it's a pretty fair guess to say they thought they were the superior <laughs> it's race. It's fair. They were the superior race. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Just kidding. I'm not Jewish, but they were fair. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, they had this idea that, like, Oh, we're God's people. We're it. Yeah. Like, we run this. Yeah. They misinterpreted film. a lot what God was trying yeah. to tell them, right? And that makes sense, you know? We're, we're humans. We misinterpret things. We get selfish. When someone tells you something, you get really excited about it. You say something else, and the guy's like, nah, that's not what I meant. Mm -hmm. You know? So, like, message sent was not message received. Communication's key, guys. Right. So, anyways, um, in the history of the Jews, they went into exile and got taken over by... Uh, quite a few different people throughout mm -hmm. the years because of uh, rebellion against God and, and God was judging them because they had sinned and mm -hmm. and this is not like because God's mean it's because he's loving and kind and wants to teach his people to follow him mm -hmm. and so what happened was uh, the Assyrians came on the scene and what sent them into I think the Assyrians brought the Israel like let, let part of Israel go back and yeah. inhabit uh, Jerusalem and stuff like that but some of the Jews stayed back with 
uh, uh, the Assyrian people. Yeah. And then that those Jews that stayed back intermingled with the Assyrians, mm -hmm. and thus was birthed the race in the Bible known as the Samaritans, right? Yeah. So Samaritans were looked at by Jews as this half-breed, right? You're yeah. not full Jew, you're a Samaritan, right. you're, excuse me, you're not one of us. And so much so that the Samaritans have their own place of worship, they're their own copy of the Torah, which is the mm -hmm. first five books of the Bible yep. in the Old Testament. And they th and so the Samaritans thought, like, no, we are the ones of the promise and we're the good race. Mm -hmm. And then the Jews were like, no, we're the good race. You're wrong. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus comes on the scene and totally blows that whole thing up. Um, at least we have two examples mm -hmm. here today. Uh, the first one is John 4, uh, the woman at the well. If you have been Classic. in church, you've heard about this, yep. about, like, how this woman's like it's a it's also about like breaking down gender roles and stuff like that mm -hmm. and so jesus confronts gender roles on society too we could talk about that yep. we'll bring up the same scripture but basically the samaritan woman jesus being a jew he asks a samaritan woman to do something for him and he's like yo how can you being a jew ask me a woman to do a samaritan woman to do this mm -hmm. and then they have this whole conversation and then he, she gets her mind blown, realizes he's a savior. Mm. And then his disciples, she goes away to tell her whole village, her whole Samaritan village. And his disciples come back and they're like, hey, Jesus, you want some food? And he's like, I have food you don't know about. And they're all like, <laughs> confused. what? <laughs> like, the whole point of us going there was to get food. <laughs> what do you imagine, mean? <laughs> could you imagine? Jesus just pranks them. Like, <laughs> oh, I already had food. Drink. <laughs> and so they're like, what do you mean? He's like, my food is to do the will of my father who sent me or something like that. Yeah. And then he's talking about um, having people go out into the harvest to reap, like reap the harvest, like have uh, workers go into the mm -hmm. harvest. Like mm -hmm. it's a, not like a physical farming stuff, but like spiritually going out into the world and evangelizing, bring people into the kingdom of God. Right. And then, so his disciples are curious because that's is a big news. Like, who are you going to bring into the kingdom of God? Mm -hmm. And, so then Jesus says, look, and he's like, the field is white, is white for harvest because it was like wheat, I guess, when it turns mm -hmm. white. I'm not a farmer. I just yeah. did some research. Um, and so, like, at that time in the story when it would have happened, when they would have looked out and who Jesus would have been pointing at would have been this Samaritan village coming out to meet him. Mm -hmm. Right? So you get a group of these, like, misfit Jews who think they're the best. One of them is a zealot, which means he's a violent Jew who, like, he loves his people, but it's, like, with violence. Right. And he's like, I want to, like bring Jews to the top through violence and he was a zealot and Jesus is like no that's not right and right anyways so you gotta get this mixed match group of Jews and Samaritan and they're like who who do we go save who do we bring in the kingdom of God mm -hmm. and then Jesus says them that's that that's who it is and it's basically just this group of Samaritans yeah completely blows your mind yeah right because for them they're like oh man we hate those guys yeah really challenging for them in the moment you got any thoughts on that? Any comments you want to... Yeah, absolutely. Jesus completely confronts racism and um, a lot of the stereotypes and a lot of the things about uh, women being oppressed in the old t or in the in the Bible through that story, like, immediately. Like, just by him talking to that person. Like, the Jews used to go, when they were traveling to Jerusalem, they would go all the way around the area where uh, the Samaritans lived. Right. Right? And so oh my just gosh. him going through it in the first place was him confronting, like, uh, racism. In, even in religiosity and all the reasons yeah. that they didn't like the Samaritans, it's him confronting all of those things. So I think it's a great example, absolutely, of how Jesus, he, did, he paid no mind to it. Like yeah. he, he went straight to the heart of the issue and said, all these things, all these ways you've been uh, oppressed or looked down on, like, I'm confronting all those things. Right. That's great. And it's, it's really amazing, like, Jesus, like, the, really, Jesus is, like, so radical and, like, in his day and age and also now because he does confront all these social issues right mm -hmm. it's kind of like man he talks about like like we said like women being it like having gender roles and the racial tensions mm -hmm. and oh my gosh this like and in civilians and government and how governments relate and stuff like that the mm -hmm. bible talks a lot about that which would be a great idea for how uh, we should have do podcasts about that too yeah absolutely how do we go about respecting government when well, that's a whole another conversation we yeah should, maybe, we'll next week, maybe next yeah. week we'll figure it out so the next example of like Jesus or God confronting racism in the Bible is the story again about Samaritans, the Good Samaritan, which I'm sure everybody knows, right? It's the um, the man who gets beat up and robbed on the road, the Jewish man, and then a priest passes him by, tax collector, tax collector passes him by, but the Samaritan, who is technically his enemy, um, helps him out and pays for a lot of money for him to stay and get better at this inn, right? Was it a tax collector that walked by? 
Uh, I can priest, I Levite. A priest. I don't know. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it was priest and a Levite. Um, again, it's a super direct parable about um, confronting racism. Yeah. Super good. And 100%. It just echoes the same uh, one of Jesus talking to him with the well. Yeah, and it's like, because when you look at it, like, I heard a message about it by John Mark Comer. Shout out to John Mark Comer. You should go listen to him. He's awesome. Got a church out in Portland. Never met him. Talked to him on Instagram a couple of times. But he was talking about this, and he's talking about how, like, basically the priest was like so it was so much it wasn't like they passed this dude by who was like beaten and robbed on the side of the street he didn't they didn't just pass them by these dudes went on the other side of the right. road right like bro i can't get next to you one yeah. because like for the priests at least and the levites who what, what whichever one it was if they got dirty or got like blood on them they're considered unclean and couldn't do their right. job so right. basically what they're saying is like oh i'm putting my job in front of my my brother in need I'm putting my status in front of my brother in need. And then Samaritan comes along and cleans him up, takes him to an inn, and he's like, Yo, and he tells the innkeeper, like, hey, take care of this guy, get him well, yeah. and whatever needs to be paid for, I'll pay for it, it doesn't matter, like, mm-hmm. it's all on me. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, undeserved love by someone, by the least expected person. Yeah. Right? And so, that is also a picture of the father to us, where we were like, spiritually dead, and like, dying, mm-hmm. and God who would be like he has no business and no reason to come and help us out he's holy we're not comes and saves us right, right? and so it's just a picture of like racial reconciliation and tying to the father's heart about mm-hmm. how God is about going to those that would be wouldn't expect him to mm-hmm. you know yeah and so it's so amazing to see that and have see like oh reconciliation is tied to mm-hmm. knowing God and, yeah. and seeing God mm-hmm. you know I think uh, the greatest example of racial reconciliation in the Bible is goes over the course of the whole Bible. It's from the Old Testament to the New Testament where God establishes the children of Israel, right, through one man, not necessarily a race. And throughout all the Old Testament, they're intermingled with so many other uh, ethnicities. Mm-hmm. And they're never, just, um, they're never just Jews. It's about them being the children of Israel, right, God's children. Mm-hmm. It's not about them being a certain uh, just like Jews ethnically right. they intermarry all the time and they invite other people of other religions into theirs yeah. as long as they want to be children of God and God made provisions in the law of Moses for people yeah. who wanted to join them like yeah. be part of that nation right they weren't Jews God's wasn't like okay I'm choosing Jews and no one's else he's like I'm choosing the Jews or actually it was the Hebrews at that point because I'm choosing yeah. the Hebrews this family of Abraham for my sovereign will and everyone's welcome into it yep yep and then as time went by, the Jews got more and more religious and pushed God more and more out of it, made more and more rules, and made it just about being Jewish and exiling like all these other right. people. They were the pure and like special people. Right. The farther and farther away they got from God. And Jesus coming brought the gospel and brought salvation, but he also came and said, Hey, this isn't this was never just for you guys, the Jews. Like I chose you guys to bring this to the world, not just for yeah. yourself. Yeah. One of the most insane messages that like Jesus says and it says not, not like about racial reconciliation but mm-hmm. showing about like like God does things differently than we expect him to yeah is when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees who were like the religious high art like the high religious guys of the day mm-hmm. and he's like hey I got a question for you uh, that's not exactly how it reads but he's like there are two bro- two sons a father asks both of them to go into the field and work the first says yes father I'll do it and then doesn't do it mm-hmm. And the second says, no, Father, I'm not doing it. And then later feels bad and goes and does it. Yeah. Who is the Father more pleased with? And the Pharisees mm-hmm. were like, well, the second son, he did it. And he's like, correct. And then he reply, and then he comes, he follows up with, God's going to take the kingdom of God from you and give it to the prostitutes and tax collectors. Hell yeah. Which was like, what? <laughs> Yo, what? Like, these yeah. guys thought, like, the Messiah was going to come and, like, execute militant like power against Rome right. and destroy them and then right. institute Jews as the like kings of the land. Yeah. And then Jesus comes in, he's like, You missed it. God's gonna use the misfits of your people. Mm-hmm. Like tax collectors were like looked at by Jews as like the scum of the earth. Yep. And then we can go into that, but it's like it's so like, whoa, what? Like yeah. God's gonna use the last people that anyone expected, and mm-hmm. not that He's gonna keep them as prostitutes and tax collectors, but mm-hmm. He's going to take them and turn them into what He's created them to be, their true identity, yeah. and then use them for His will, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh man, I get so fired up with that passage. Absolutely, I'm absolutely. Like, Whoo! So as you can tell, <laughs> our third, like our third, like point on this is yeah. we've talked about like examples in the Bible of 
racism and Jesus combating racism. Um, let's talk about like justice. And I wanna, I could read like a million verses on justice in the Bible, right? It's a yeah. giant part of God's yeah. character. Um, there's whole books that are dedicated to justice. Like a ton of Proverbs is about justice. There's parts of Psalms, David crying out to God for justice. Mm -hmm. Like justice is a giant part of God's uh, character and it's something that he calls people to do. Or you know, like he calls us to to seek justice here on this earth, yeah. right? He's a not, God of justice and he wants us to be like him. So Right, exactly. We gotta be about justice. Right, it's not just justice like when we go to heaven or in hell. It's we've been given like a mandate here yeah. to bring justice as well. And I think well. like how I said that like, the mandate right like i think people forget that like as a christian you're kind of an ambassador to earth from heaven yeah not necessarily that's pre like you pre-existed and now you're here mm -hmm. but it's like yo you have a heavenly assignment to represent god yeah yeah and you see so much like that's such a big you thing. see so much like fatalism in in people who are just futurists which is like the classical uh view of revelation of like we're not that futurism is bad but like a distortion of it where people yeah. are like I'm just living my life to go to heaven and yeah. like I'm trying to like ignore everybody I can I'm just like I'm doing everything I can to get there and like I'm I'm just standing in the four walls of the church mentality. yeah exactly like I'm just working for, for that place where most of the Bible is what are you doing on this earth it's a it's a roadmap to how you live this life and how you treat people yeah. and it's it's very 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 little about like what's next yeah. there's some reassurances of, like there is something next but it goes into it almost 0% for all the other percents that it goes into how we should right. live this life. And, and I think the thing to recognize is that the reason we're going to the Bible about racial reconciliation more than just because we're Christians mm -hmm. and is because that the Bible is God's blueprint for human flourishing. Yeah. You know, his commands are in there. His His character is represented in there. You see how he is. And it, like God is all about human flourishing. Mm -hmm. And so true reconciliation, true flourishing... It is found in God and his character and how to do that. Mm -hmm. So if God is a God of justice, we can't just say like, oh, one day God will punish everyone who's evil. No, we got to be about justice like today, mm -hmm. you know, like like yesterday. We got to be about it. Absolutely. So I can read a million and a half verses. I can start reading the Bible to you and then start talking about justice. In the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to read one, which is Isaiah 117 that says, learn to do good, seek justice, correct opposition. Oh, sorry, correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless and please the widow's cause. Or, yeah, plead, plead the widow's cause, right? Yeah. It's a great verse. It sums up, like, a lot of what we're supposed to do within justice in the Bible, right? 100. And we can read a ton of other verses to talk about that. So we're not just supposed to recognize that racism is a thing happening in the West, happening all over the world, in our, ca our, in our context happening in America, right? Yeah. Um, the Bible, like, asks us to do justice on the world. So if there is injustice in racism that Jesus himself confronted we are also like mandated to confront racism yeah. right yeah. it's not just something that we like to do because it's nice or like that's how we feel like god literally says we have to do it right yeah well, i feel like if you're a christian and you're not moving towards a place of seeking reconciliation mm -hmm. and i mean like and and fighting injustice and really seeing like what is injustice right like like looking at the cases okay like where is the thing gone wrong mm -hmm. and and not just hearing all the echo chamber around it like yeah. a lot of people raise different points and it's like okay well that's not necessarily exactly mm -hmm. what i'm talking about like what is the problem where is the hurt and not addressing like where is the hurt yeah that's like you're not you're not like a bad christian you're just not you're not stepping into all that god has for you mm. you know in obedience to him yeah because like i'm all about evangelism I'm all about sharing the gospel but like how much about like obeying god am i if i shy away from those areas where it's like i don't know about that right and, like and then, and then a lot of people go and just brush it on the rug like, oh, no, there's no more racism in America. I'm like, right. Bro, what? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Which I don't want to get too opinionated, but, like, man, like, you got you got to go in and, and like, hear what the, anyone, whether it's our black brothers and sisters or our, like, Hispanic brothers and sisters, whatever mm -hmm. minority it may be, and hear their hurt and right. say, okay, where did it go wrong? Absolutely. You know, even if it's, like, our, like, uh, LGBTQ mm -hmm. brothers and sisters, like, I agree. if they're angry with christians or god or something mm -hmm. you don't just ignore them and say like yeah. oh just read the bible jesus the answer figure it out it's like right go to them talk to them figure out the hurt or, yeah and then why address are they it. They're, they're complaining or they're they're telling you the hurt about something right. right there's pain for they're not pain for no reason right like god like obviously something happened yeah you know god cares about that yeah and god wants to bring the whole into his kingdom mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so one thing i see a lot uh 
on Twitter and Instagram is a lot of Christians saying like like why are you guys talking about this it should just be about the gospel right like we should just oh, be talking about like this is like the gospel. Jesus <laughs> saves like like you need to <laughs> repent for your sins like all the things are great right the gospel yeah. is that we're sinners and we need a savior and we have to repent of our sins to have that relationship with God and have our sins forgiven right yeah and so people are saying we just need that like people need to be saved and become Christians and that's great like God tells us to preach the gospel to every person to every creation right mm-hmm. we're supposed to preach the gospel um, but when Jesus came, he preached the gospel, and he healed the sick, right? And he championed women, right? Mm-hmm. And he did a lot of things. He, he spoke up against racism, against class, yeah. uh, class roles, right? He spoke up against all of those things. He didn't just go to the people that were oppressed and say, hey, like, you need to start following Jesus and like, leave him there like, on the side of the road, right. right? He helped them with what was going on, the injustice in their life, and he also preached the gospel. Yeah. He did both of those things. Yeah. So we're called to not only preach the gospel to people, but also to fight against injustices. Right? Yeah. It's weird because, like, so injustice, we're talking about, like, oppression and stuff like that. It's the, the Christian is in a very interesting um, predicament because you get parts of the Bible where it's like stand up for justice and like, okay, what does that look like? How do we stand up for justice? Right. And that could mean that you start a nonprofit where you go mm-hmm. and fight this or you speak out about it. Maybe you create something where people can share their stories so you can have a perspective. Like, mm-hmm. But at the same time of being called to fight oppression and stuff like that, as Christians we're called to suffer through it if it means mm-hmm. the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, because I'm thinking of, like, the Beatitudes, I think it is, where Matt, where Jesus is like, if someone asks you to take, like, walk with you one, one mile, go two. Mm-hmm. And that means, like the, like, the Romans would go to any Jew and stop them in the middle of their track of the day and say, hey, I need you to carry my stuff for a mile. Right. And that was, like, by law, the, the, the Romans could do that to the Jews. Yeah. And, the, and Jesus saying, hey, if that happens, if you get oppressed, double it. Tur- don't turn it in a, a place of, like, wow, I can't believe I'm being, like, attacked right now. Turn it into right. an a, opportunity for ministry to say... I'm going to serve this person and do more than they ask for. Right. And it's like when someone's trying to oppress you, you go over and above to help them. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's insane because you, you're supposed to fight oppression. Yeah. But when it happens to you, you're supposed to turn your position of being oppressed into a position of showing love. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, it's so insane because you're like, wait. Because it's like you fight for those who can't stand up for themselves. And when it comes yeah. to you, you have the maturity to say, okay, like I can also help this person too. Mm-hmm. And really, it's just laying down your life for those that anyone could be saved. Yeah. You know, it's really amazing. Absolutely. So we've talked about examples of racism in the Bible. And we've talked about um, Jesus and how he does justice and how his character is justice and how he, like, sees justice done in the world. Let's talk about um, how Christians can uh, fight for justice, specifically when it comes to racism and racial equality and stuff like that. Like right now, right? Because we've yeah. established that it's something we need to do. How do we do it? What are some things that we can do? Right. Um, I think, so you guys all know, probably, unless it's your first time listening, Derry and I are both white. Yes. Right? So we're going to talk, I, I, I have some points that I believe that as white people we can do, and I have some opinions and thoughts on what I think our, our black Christian brothers and sisters can mm-hmm. do. And, and ha- it needs to be done in order for true reconciliation to be com- to come. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to share both of those. I don't think it's overstepping any boundaries. It's just holding people to the biblical standards, in my yeah. opinion. So I wrote down some practical, helpful things to do. And um, I would say for, for, the, for the white community, we need to acknowledge the past of what happened in mm-hmm. America. I don't think anyone ignores that. Mm-hmm. But I think we also need to acknowledge the effects are still happening today. Yeah. You know, and that's not to say... That's like... And we can talk about what those effects look like. Like, yeah. is it in law? I personally don't necessarily think so. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any laws that have been passed that benefit white people, mm-hmm. you know? But there used to be. Yeah, very, and those very, things very are, recently. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've... Are you familiar with red zoning? Uh-huh. Yeah, like, that is... That that's was a huge a, thing. Yeah, that's insane. And yeah. that still affects, because now we have the mass population, the majority of the black community in what we call ghettos. Right. Right? And that... that they were created for them. Yeah, that, like, is terrible. And yeah. that happened... In the very recent past. Mm-hmm. And so the effects are still happening. You know, yeah. we there's to... tons and tons of laws that like have just been abolished, like very recently, that have kept that community where it is in poverty, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And in that culture. Yeah, and so I think that like we need to acknowledge the past, however recent or far, and mm-hmm. acknowledge the effects of it today. And then one because you can't really strategize about how to fix it until you recognize that where it's broken. Mm-hmm. Right? And that exactly. it still has effects. Exactly. And I think um, on that topic of 
I, I would agree. I don't think there's, at least not that I've seen, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see any laws necessarily that are, like, cause systemic racism right now. But I think there's people and whole systems of people in government that are racist and, like, are prejudiced toward people, even yeah. if it's not written down, right? right? So not necessarily a law being systemically racism, but, like, a group of people systematically oppressing. Yeah, like, there could be, like, you can have yeah, a racist right. that goes into politi- politics with the agenda mm-hmm. to keep people under. Yeah, or even you see, like, the way that there's a lot of pro- police brutality or right. even zoning and some people still, like, doing some of those red zoning things mm-hmm. on their own. Like, there's a lot of people in power and systems of people in power that still oppress minorities. Yeah, right. and I will say, I think that that is... Like, it's not something that's going to be fixed tomorrow because, obviously, yeah. that's a whole generation of people and how yeah. they were raised have different... Yeah. But I think our generation and the generations under us, the, how they're being raised, a lot of that will hopefully... Be smooth and not right now. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. In the next couple decades, it's not going to be a quick fix. Yeah, and we got to like hold our, our government accountable for seeing those things yeah. changed, right? One hundred percent. Because even if there isn't necessarily laws, they can change. They can put new laws, like checks and balances, into effect that will make it so those people can't like do the racist things that they're doing, right? right. Whether it be police brutality or whatever the example may be. Yeah. Red zoning. Or yeah. Whatever. And so another thing I got is um acknowledge the real pain of our black brothers and sisters yep. that they feel and the reality of their perspective every day mm-hmm. so like I remember I was talking to a friend and him and I grew up since we were young he, he's African American and we were this was like last year I was talking to him and I just asked him because we like had a pretty similar upbringing I actually lived mm-hmm. in a more dangerous part of Detroit than he did yeah like I like it was, I was just in, in middle in the middle of it and he was like kind of outskirts of Detroit and like a sub like mm-hmm. a what do you call him a subdivision of Detroit not subdivision suburb yeah of Detroit and I asked him, though, I was hanging out with him, I was like, hey, man, like, when you go out by yourself, like, do you, because this is around, like, one of the shooting things, and I was trying to, yeah. I was talking to a lot of my African friends to try to gain, like, some perspective, and I was like, hey, I was like, do you actually, like, when you're walking by yourself, you got a hoodie, or, like, how, whatever you're doing, do you, like, are you cognizant and aware of, like, how you're acting, and, like, is that something that, that actually affects you? Because mm-hmm. I don't, I just, it was, like, pretty new to me that that's, like, something that my friends were going through. Right. And then he's like, yeah, every time, every day. Right. Without a doubt. And I was, like, blown away because, like, we right. go out all the time and hang out. And they, like, I didn't even pick up on it for years, right? Because right? they just, like, it's part of, the, like, they just have to adapt. And it's, like, that's part of the problem. Like, you shouldn't have to just adapt like that. Right. It's just, like, the realization of when you grow up as a guy because we're guys. And you realize for the first time, like, oh, girls have to, like, think about going out in public by themselves. Right. And, like, walking in certain places. So, it's, like, they're, they're, they don't, we don't have that fear of, like, being attacked most of the time like they do like we can we usually even if it's like an overinflated self-confidence like Mm -hmm. we think we can like protect ourselves maybe well personally for me whenever i'm at like a gas station alone i definitely am like i could get stabbed i could get mugged yeah this could be it but you definitely don't think like i can easily be overpowered like a woman right no i think like i'm gonna have to fight someone right like i'm gonna have to take someone down it's like realizing that for the first time like oh i didn't know other people lived a different way than i right because I don't deal with that every day. Yeah, you just don't. It's like it's ignorant, the same realization. You know? We're just ignorant. Yeah, that, I mean, doesn't not like it's not necessarily like a bad thing that we're ignorant. It's just mm-hmm. not a, once you recognize it, you don't stay there. Yeah, and so it was just like realizing, yeah. oh my gosh, like I talked to my best friend's older sister, and like I was staying at their place for a while, and like just hearing like her perspective in the world and like mm-hmm. things that she and I was just like blown away. I was like, I had no idea that people so close to me that I would consider my sister and my brothers, mm-hmm. like. Actually, not even just like, oh, we're Christians and we're brothers. This is like, these are people like I spent like majority of my childhood with. I was like, I never knew they had like that, those mentalities, you know? And I was just like, that's so wild to me. Yeah. So we got to acknowledge that our, the the reality of where, where our, the the mindsets and the realities of what our brothers and sisters of the black community live in. Yeah. Where they're actually like have to be mindful of how they dress, how they act, where their hands are Mm -hmm. when they're going out, you know, and stuff like that. And so it's just like, and then because once you see that, you're like, oh my gosh! The, I think it brings a humility that mm-hmm. is really good. And basically, the, the underlying message and what I'm trying to get at is like, you need to listen. You need yeah. to like, go and talk story with yeah the African Black community that you're around, African American, Black American. Yeah, there's a whole idea of like, you're yeah. not African. I've heard some people say you're not African American, just American. But right. whatever you prefer. Yeah. Some people prefer people of color. Some people prefer black. Some people prefer African American. Right. If you're listening to this, whatever you prefer I'm not saying anything to yeah, yeah. get in anyone's under anyone's skin um, but yeah like just listen just yeah just shut up <laughs> absolutely that's how you start to understand right because yeah. 
I know a lot of people, you just read statistics and like, we're not racist because like this statistic and this statistic. And those like are great. Um, and a lot of them are very valid. But at the same time, you're not listening to people that may be saying like, we're in pain. Like we just want you to listen to us. Like there isn't a group of people trying to deceive you into like thinking that there's racism so they can like gain something. Right. Right. They're not trying to like teach you into feeling bad because they think you're a racist. Right. Mm -hmm. Like these are people that are in pain that are asking for your help and asking for you to realize like what's happening to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, it's like, no, you're not going to get a whole community of people to make something up. Right. That's like, especially when it's over like a, a frat, like whatever I think, I forget the, how much of the American population, uh, black people make, but like over a certain, it's not large. I don't think so. But like, it's like there's 300 million people, a good percentage of those people. And you're not going to get at least a couple million of them to be all organized on the same mentality of like, let's guilt white people you know right. that's not like they're not the the real problems have happened and we need right. to address them right absolutely and so and we're not even like we don't i don't know like i guess i'm not we're not saying we have all the answers or necessarily mm-hmm. like oh here's exactly what you need to do and here's and it will be a surefire way to end i don't know that's not gonna that's impossible to have yeah. but just like some thoughts i had and then like in my like how i've come to grow in is just by listening to people mm-hmm. and, and where they're at and yeah. that goes with anyone and I think I was listening to John Piper and he was saying like we have like division like separation like unfamiliarity mm-hmm. and that brings ignorance yeah and like a lack of knowledge brings ignorance which brings speculation and suspicion right which brings different attitude problems and stuff like that right and so really just get to know the people right you know yeah find the person in peace whatever community and right. get to know them don't go in there and 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 be like I'm gonna try to prove you wrong, or like, yeah, go, don't go with the agenda except for just to learn. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know? and then just hang out. Yeah, listen like, to people's experiences. You'll yeah. learn a lot. It's amazing how much you can learn when you just listen. Yeah, absolutely. So, but also, I think that for us, like, okay, so I had I said earlier that I had some thoughts for our black brothers and sisters. I think they, um, <clears throat> what did I write down. Black Christians need to forgive and let their white brothers and sisters know that they're forgiven for the mm-hmm. sins of their, like, forefathers, yeah. right? And so, because I think what happens is, like, white people see this and they don't think that they're forgiven. Yeah. So then they try to go in with a guilt complex. Yeah. And that kind of just makes white it guilt. worse. Because it's like, yeah, you're not actually, like, saying sorry because you care about the person. You're saying sorry because you feel bad about what your people did. Right. Which is, like, I guess better than not saying sorry at all. But it's much more, it's much better, much more beneficial to be like, hey, I want to fix this problem because I care about you. Right. Because you're my friend. You're my family. Right. Not because these people back that I have no relationship with did bad things. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. And then, like, I, it's better, like I said, it's better than nothing. But, like, it's so much more valuable when you say, like, I actually care about you. Yeah. And I want, and you can't, and, and we need to know that we're forgiven, you know? Right. Where so we don't have to feel like we're always working and working and working to yeah. earn this like forgiveness. Just like yeah. we need to be, and that's why I said I wrote black Christians because I don't expect non Christians to give forgiveness freely. Right. right. You know, and that's what the Bible commands us to do. Right. That's exactly mm-hmm. the example you gave of the if you're made to go a mile, like go two with that person. Yeah. Right. That, that fits really well into that example. Yeah. So like that's, I thought like yeah Christians because I don't I, and that's what I was gonna say too. The church needs to lead the charge in this. Yeah, we should be. This is not something where it's like, oh, like, let's get behind someone. Like, no, you, us as the body of Christ need to stand up and be like, yo, this is uh, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this and we're going to do it in a way that honors God. Because mm-hmm. the, the, the mentality I was having was like, you, God has reconciled sinners to himself in mm-hmm. Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if God is a standard, then humans can never reconcile anyone to anyone without God. Yeah. God is reconciliation. Yeah. So, so to have true reconciliation, you need to have God in the picture, not just like, hey, God, what advice do you have on this? But right. it's like, God, we need you, like a dependency on God. Yeah, absolutely. Any thoughts? I've been speaking for a bit. Oh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with all of that. I think also for, for, uh, for us as white people, like, as well as listening, it builds a perspective, right? So listening to other people's experiences starts to build your perspective as well as a lot of other things that build your perspective, like mm-hmm. educating yourself, learning about history, learning like when laws were enacted, what their like the purpose of them were, learning like who was really racist in our government mm-hmm. for how long, learning like how 
uh, people are still racist today and those stories like gaining an overarching perspective helps you have empathy and understand other people's experiences yeah. a lot better I think I wrote that oh maybe I deleted it one one of my notes was just a point that's very it just said have empathy yeah. it's like <laughs> what? Yeah, how really do good. we get better be empathetic and I'm, a, I'm an 8 on the Enneagram I'm not the most empathetic person my friends can attest to that like mm. it's very hard for me to be empathetic yeah. people got problems I'm kind of just like okay so <laughs> like I just I just don't know like yeah. I got really empathetic friends that like care so much about they'll like yeah. cry if they see some like Those little girl lose a balloon yeah and I'm just like go buy a new one I don't, I don't <laughs> know what the problem is <laughs> like, yeah something can grow but like I, I can see, you have to have empathy for like you can't not have empathy for a whole mm-hmm. race of people you know yeah um, for a whole group of people that are in pain like Christians need to be the number one group of people fighting racism yeah, right absolutely I mean like a lot of what Jesus did was fight racism and a lot of what he did was justice and show justice and a, a large part of his character is literally justice God is yeah. justice mm-hmm. and so we need to be doing all those things on the forefront of being active in fighting those things not yeah. just passive yeah and so I think that's another thing like also like for white people we need to like accept that forgiveness mm-hmm you know, because a lot of people have trouble forget or accepting forgiveness freely. Yeah. You know, and so like once, once the white community is like, once the black Christian community has said like, "Hey, we forgive your forefathers. We don't hold mm-hmm. it against you. Let's mm-hmm. move forward." Our white, our white people, we need to say like, "Okay, thank you. Let's work together with confidence on how we do this." Yeah. Right. Because like, if you think about together, your, not against each other. Right. If you think about like your Christian experience, when you were like. When you're m- best serving Jesus, it's because you have the confidence that you're forgiven. Mm-hmm. It's w- the when you're almost worst serving Jesus is when you feel like you're trying to work off some guilt. Mm-hmm. You know, when, but once you re- realize that grace of God is like freely forgiven all your sins, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my gosh! And at least for me, I get this like surge of energy in, inside where I'm like, let's go! I'm yeah. ready to do this because I have the the confidence to to walk with towards God and know that I'm not going to die. Yeah, and what right? you're saying is not like we're we're not asking like for forgiveness like we're asking for forgiveness yeah but we're not like forcing someone like to forgive us for something that we've done it's like we want to work together yeah and like to work together like there needs to be like an ask for forgiveness and a forgiveness and then like a joining of hands in unity mm-hmm. to say like we want to work to dismantle this together yeah right 100 yeah. percent. i think a couple more practical things people can do uh, like right away is sign petitions like get the word out there. Like make it a thing that you teach your children, right? Oh yeah. That we we create like education. deep in our culture education about the history of racism all around the world. Like it, with every race, like around the world, how like there's been racism and how there's been oppression to them, and how different races have oppressed other races, and how the races that in our culture have been oppressed have been mm-hmm. oppressed, and then how we fought those ones, and we teach our kids about it. We want to be silent on it. So that they can know that this has happened and that this is absolutely an unacceptable way to treat another human being. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 100%. And like I said, that's going to take time because like, like our grandparents' generation had a different understanding of racism classes than right. our parents' generation. Our parents have a different perspective than we have. Right. And our kids are going to have hopefully a much more understanding of like, they'll probably be like so confused as to why. They're like, I saw this, right. I saw this post on Instagram that was like, talking about like discussing like how the different pigment pigments happened mm-hmm. and it's like and it was this cool graph of the map of the world that showed like around the equator is like most of the dark skinned people and the further you get yeah. away from the equator the less melanin you have because right. it's a less harsh sun and it's just right. an adaptation it's just evolution yeah right and so like be careful with that word bro you're a christian <laughs> <laughs> just microevolution. I'll, I'll specify my term not macroevolution but it's microevolution. everyone's like I think Derry's a heretic <laughs> <laughs> but no, so anyways, like, it's just a, like, white people are just melanin deficient, and, like, <laughs> it's okay, but, like, it's almost as minute, probably just as minute as different eye color, mm-hmm. and it's, like, absolutely insane to treat anyone different because they don't have blue eyes. Yeah. I mean, Hitler had his idea, but that didn't last long. Yeah, you know, it was a bad idea. The, the, the very, very short-lived. Right. And so it's just, like, and I, and I guess really, like, at the end of the day, like, like we said, it's like ignorance leads to suspicion. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't when you don't know a, a community well, or don't know a people group well, or don't know a person well, you're suspicious of them. Mm-hmm. There's been so many times when I like, like for instance, I saw this guy one time. He walked in, he said, "What's up to me?" I said, "What's up to him?" Being polite, I thought to myself, "Man, this guy looks like a tool." 
<laughs> dude became like one of my best friends. Wow. I okay. was like, I suck. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I suck. I mean, I do, absolutely. <laughs> so, I was like, oh man. And yeah. So like, you just gotta have humility and and not be too quick to judge. Just be a Christian. Right. Right. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And we're not but, saying like don't see race. Like by that comment, we're saying like you need to <laughs> totally see race. I don't see color. <laughs> yes. And totally like appreciate other cultures and stuff like that. But yeah. it's in like the the way you value and treat people doesn't change. Right. And that's why I love so much is like, because really like like Vody Bauchman, he talks about it. He's a, a black preacher who now yeah. lives in Zambia as a missionary. He's great. But he's talking about how um, like there is only really one race is a human race, mm-hmm. and we have different cultures. Yeah. And that's why I love so much because like I, culture, every culture should be celebrated. Mm-hmm. Like oh my gosh, there's so many like like with being with YWAM, Darian and I travel quite a bit, so we get to see a lot of cultures. Yeah, you know Thai culture is different than Khmer culture, and yeah. that's different than Malaysian culture. Absolutely, and all of them have attributes that should be celebrated. Yeah, not the and, whole culture, but right? Definitely attributes. And every culture has parts that should be rejected. Yep. And it's and the job of the Christian in reconciliation is to, and not just and that's necessarily in reconciliation, but the job of the Christian in, in spreading the gospel is to see a culture, see the beauty of the culture, mm-hmm. pray and, and with discernment and the Holy Spirit, find out what's redeemable and what needs to be rejected, mm-hmm. and then celebrate God in those things. Right. You know? Right. And that's every culture. And every culture. Because, like, oh my God, I, when I think about heaven, I think about, like, every tribe and tongue coming together. Mm-hmm. I get so excited. It's going to be great. It's going to be an Thinking, awesome like, oh my gosh, have you ever, like, just in, like, the African community, the African American community, has so much more fun, in my opinion. Yeah. Than like white people. Dude, and, <laughs> and the Latin community. Oh Heck, yeah, yeah. Like I grew up in inner city Detroit, and then I went. Then I when I was in high school, I moved to like a a very white town an mm-hmm. hour away, like at the farms. Mm-hmm. And like grad parties were fun. Yeah. With white people, with like majority of white people, it's like, oh, this is fun. We got cornhole. Yeah. Got hot got dogs. Plain chicken. We got some salt. <laughs> so, but then, like, I would go to my friend's birthday parties in in like Detroit or around, around that area, mm. and they were like so much more fun. I'm like, yeah. Oh my gosh, you are all getting lit. This is amazing. <laughs> you guys don't have any any games. It's just laughing all the time. Everyone's having fun, right? And like, it was and like, I'm not. I like. I'm an extrovert. I like parties no matter what. Like, I'll, yeah. just, I'll show up. But like. Man, God is just blessed with that. Yeah. The black community with just, I don't know what it is, man. Music and, and stuff, too. Yeah. I mean, Sorry, awesome white culture. people. Sorry, guys. It's just. We have a good culture, too, but. We got we good. Can, we can adopt some cool things. Every from culture's got culture. good things, but we need to adopt some from our, our, our friends, <laughs> from yeah. our brothers over there. <laughs> yeah. Man, I love it, though. That's, like, that's what I'm saying. I'm so excited to get to heaven because we're going to see all these different cultures and every part that can be redeemed mm-hmm. and just like so amazing and be like wow this is heaven this is it like mm-hmm. we're all here and we're all partying and we all have our different things that like that God loves and, and it's like like we'll see the Kamai people doing their traditional Kamai dances yeah. I don't know what Americans are going to be doing watching maybe shooting guns <laughs> got some spiritual guns up there like America <laughs> I don't know but like oh it's going to be great what do they, what's a Thai what's a very cultural Thai thing because I know they, they have dances as well yeah Cambodian girl when they dance they like use their fingers a lot and have their pinkies like follow. That's weird. Interesting. It's not weird. It's just different. Yeah. But it was just like I had we learned a little bit for a worship song and I was like I don't know what I'm doing. That's awesome. But it's fun. I like, dance with with some people of different cultures and hang out. Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. So, so in retrospect, we know that the Bible mandates right that um, we need to get rid of racism. Right. Jesus comes and he first sets up an unracist society they become racist and he rejects that and says this is how we're supposed to live and he commands us to do justice on the earth and that includes coming against racism we talked about certain ways we can get rid of racism right things we can do ways we can educate ourselves ways we need to listen and man I'm excited for heaven as well man that's gonna be an awesome part I'm excited all in all racism God hates it yep follow Jesus pray be humble and and seek ways and ask God like hey how can I what can I do today yeah you know and it could be simple as like calling someone that you haven't talked mm-hmm. to in a while that's of a different race and saying like hey what's up like I, I just want to say like I wanted to catch up again mm-hmm. you know I don't yeah. know and God doesn't call us to like fighting racism I think biblically is not just like knowing it exists 
right? And and acknowledging, yeah, it exists. That's not finding it, right? right. Finding is something completely different entirely. And so yeah. each person needs to individually find out, like, what does that mean for myself, and what is God calling me to do to fight this, and how can I come against injustice? Yeah, and try not to be like a Facebook warrior. Like, yeah, it's good to like raise awareness via social media, but guys, I've been off social media practice like two weeks because I just saw too much. I was like yeah. oversaturated with negativity and hate, yeah. and I was like, I can't take it, man. I gotta, I gotta take care of my soul. Yeah, hold people accountable in real life. Yeah, and if you see someone that says something ridiculous that you want to go off and blast them on Facebook, like I have that problem, I want to do it all the time, but mm-hmm. because I'm with YWAM, I try not to now. Yeah, but um, like just call them, say what's up, message them, and say hey, like yeah. I, I saw you had share this opinion. I'd like to. And don't go in there saying, I saw you had this opinion and now I want to tell you why you're wrong. Say, I saw you had this opinion and I was wondering, like, like why you feel that way. Right. You know, because I, I think differently, but I'd like to gain some understanding. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And most people would be, like, reasonable. Like, oh, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. Most people do a thing called, like, social mirroring where you bring the conversation to a level of intensity and they're going to match your level of intensity. I do that in evangelism sometimes. Yeah, if you keep your level of intensity low, like in respectful and love, then they're probably going to do the same thing, hopefully. Whoa, is that psychology? Yes. Crazy, because the Bible says, I was like, well, either way, the Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. There you go. Wow. Jesus is way ahead of the times. Yeah, way ahead of the times. Well, thank you guys for listening. This is a long episode. I know we said we're going to do it. We said we weren't going to do it. It's about a long time. <laughs> Technically, we're only like seven minutes over the time that we said that we, the max was 45 minutes. Right, right, right. We're only at like 52, so it's all yeah. good. We, we, all, we said last week we're going to keep it like 30-minute episodes. Yeah. We're almost double that. Whatever. It's okay. It's a big topic. It needs to be this. This isn't even enough time to talk about it. Yeah. Really, we should, have a whole, it. we should have a whole panel up here. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, guys... Have a great week. We love you. It's hump day by, by the time you listen to this. We yep. hope you're getting through it, power through it. You got this. Yep. You got this week. It's going to be great. I'm trying to like think of more motivational things. <laughs> I got this week. <laughs> you got it. That. Easy. Easy. This weekend got nothing on you. All right, guys. Love you. Good Have night. Good week. <laughs>